0: Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Turn on. There we go. I'm still going to shout whether I got a microphone or not. That's just kind of part part of it. But um, so whether you're in New Mexico or not, red or green, that's the question you're going to get asked when you're in New Mexico sitting at a restaurant. It's an important question that we have to answer. Um, But in this series, it's not the only important question that's being asked around Los Alamos these days. So we've named this series Red or Green because you've been asking questions and we're answering the top six most asked questions. And so if you've missed out on the past couple of weeks, we've had a, some doozies on dealing with stress, dealing with anger. I want to invite you, come back for the next few weeks because we're answering the top uh, questions that were asked. N- next week's a big one, miracles. Why don't we see miracles like the ones in the Bible? And, and what's going on with, with miracles uh, then and today? Um, is there scientific explanations for things? Were they just making it up? Like, I, these are big questions. Then you guys threw me a hard one, a curveball. I got to answer a hot topic issue. What's women's role in the church? And so we're going to answer that one head on in two weeks. And then the last one is I, huge. It was by far the most asked question was, what do I do when there are things in the Bible that I'm not at peace with? Things that I read, contradictions in there, just different things. And I'm like, God, are, do you really care, God? Are, it, I mean, you kind of seem unfair here. Like, if I were God, it seems pretty simple that that's not, you know. So what do you do with those things? And a lot of you have those questions. And a lot of your friends, family members, and coworkers have those questions as well. So that's why you also got an invite card on your chair. Take one of these. If you've gotten something beneficial out of these messages over the past few weeks, um, or you get something today, and you think, hey, this has been beneficial to me, it's probably going to help your friend too. So invite them to come and check it out and see. And if you're gone, watch it online on YouTube or on the podcast as well. So today, we're going to be looking at... Can I lose my salvation? Big question, important question, foundational question of, of Christianity. What is salvation in Christianity? And here's why this is important. The issue of salvation is important for everyone. Everybody is asking the question about salvation. I don't care if you're an atheist, agnostic, Hindu, Buddhist, or Christian. Everyone wants to know is actually looking for a Savior. Like, what? Everybody's looking for a Savior? Like, I don't even believe in God. I'm just checking this thing out. I'm glad you're here, but you're looking for a Savior too. Why? Because everybody who's ever lived has never looked at this world and said, it's perfect. I mean, just everything, everything about my life, my family's life. I mean, just everything's great and perfect. Don't fix anything. Everybody looks at at this world and says, there's something broken. There's something wrong. I mean, just scroll through, keep it local on Facebook. Facebook. And you don't have to go very far. Fix the potholes. When are they going to fix the potholes? Come on. The potholes have got to be fixed. And now they're fixing the potholes. And it's, this construction is everywhere. Like the whole town is under construction. When are they going to fix the construction? There's something wrong. So I don't care what you believe. If, if you don't believe in God, you believe in God. You don't, you're just checking out this Christianity thing or you've been a Christian forever. You're looking for a save. Everybody sees something in this world and says something's wrong. Maybe you've got to fix the education system or it's, it's save the whales or something. I mean, there's something wrong. You want to see someone cuss, just take them to the MVD. <laughs> I've never heard such language. When people walk in and they see the line and then they're waiting, my goodness. Second, second close to that would be a church business meeting. If you've ever been involved in one of those, my goodness, that'll make you cuss as well. There's, I mean, you don't have to go very far. Everyone sees that there's something broken. Something needs to be fixed. And if you'd be a little bit more honest, a little bit more personal, you'd say, I don't got to look in the world. I just there's things that are wrong in my life. You would look at your own life. Atheist, agnostic, Christian, anybody, any religion, you would say, I'm not perfect. And if you do, let me get the number to your mama, because your mama would tell me different. Like, don't get me wrong. Your mama, there's things she loved about you, but there's things she would love to change about you as well. I mean, 2 a.m. diapers, come on, that's like not fun at all. Is anybody in that stage right now? Okay, well, no, nobody, I guess. But wake, come on. In the morning, I don't want to be changing diapers in the morning. There's things that are broken. Everybody is looking for a savior. So, today, my goal is to give you some clarity. Because there's a lot of confusion about this, even within Christianity. We're going to look at what the Bible says about this subject of salvation. And I want a big dose of, of clarity. A big giant cup of, of freedom for some of you, so you know what is it. Can I lose my salvation or not? Is this something I need to be worried about or not? Um, I was on a plane a couple years ago. I've shared this story before. Reed and I were on a plane. I have no idea why at this time, but I had I had my Bible out. And I was reading on the plane. We're getting ready to to take off. Maybe I was afraid that the plane was going to go down. I don't know. But we were reading. And the guy next to us sits down. And he noticed us reading our Bible. And he goes, are you guys Mormon? Which blows my mind to this day. Like, that's such a... Awesome way to start a conversation with with someone. And that's a totally different uh, sermon topic for another day. Uh, We just said, no, uh, we're not Mormon, we're Christian. And again, if you have questions about that, I'll be glad to answer that and I'll preach on it another day. But um, the conversation switched to this question Can I lose my salvation? He wanted to know, okay, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Because he did believe you could lose your salvation. And I'll give you a little bit of spoiler alert. I don't think I can, and we'll, or you can, and I'll unpack that in a, in a little bit. But he thought that you could. So we just wanted to dialogue about it. It wasn't like trying to shame him or anything. We just said, well, how's that work? Tell us more, because we've never been on the inside of someone teaching like that. Hey, give us your thoughts. And he, he gave us some thoughts, but he, he really kind of struggled with it. And the bottom line, he just said, you can lose your salvation with one sin. And so we're like, one sin, like a big one or like a little one? Like He's like, no, just, just one was enough. And so my wife, who I love, she's an eight on the Enneagram. And, and so eights, if you don't know, on the Enneagram, they just they, they can tell it like it is. And it's a beautiful thing, and you need eights in your life. And so she just straight up asked the question, or she talked to him said, hey, I'm, I might be in trouble here. If it's only taken one and you lose your salvation... I think I struggle every day with sin. And there's a lot of us who would say, Amen, I, I struggle every day with this, and that's the case. I might be in trouble. And so she said, How about you? Are you doing okay? Yeah, I, th- I think I'm doing all right. And my wife, who's an eight, who can just go cut right through and cut right to the chase, said, Hey, hey, hey. Um, I can't help but notice we were in the airport today, and there's a lot of good-looking ladies at the airport today, and and they were all wearing clothes, but there were some that you know they were not wearing. There's a little bit more revealing than others. Are you sure you're doing okay? I love my wife. <laughs> Who says that to a stranger? He didn't have to answer. His face turned green. It read all over his face. We left that conversation. We left that airplane, right? He did not have clarity. He had worry. He had doubt. He did not know. So what I want to do today is I want to give us some clarity on this. and We may get to the end of the day, and we may have different beliefs on this, and that's fine, but I'm going to say, hey, this is what my view on Scripture is, and I think it's pretty doggone clear once we get to the end of it, what Scripture has to say about this. Let's just get on the same page with a few definitions. One is salvation. What is salvation? If you're taking notes, salvation is, is God's plan to redeem. Okay, you got, everybody would agree, hey, there's something wrong with this world. Well, from Christian's point of view, salvation is God's way to fix it. Take what's broken and fix it. Heal it. Save it. And it's God's plan to redeem. And make mo- no mistake in the story of Christianity, God's the main character in this story. It's not about you. That's where we trip up almost from the start, thinking this whole story is about us. No, in God's plan for salvation, this whole story, it's all about Him. That's where you start. And this is His plan to redeem. God doesn't, He wants you. He wants a relationship. This isn't anything that He needed to do or has to do. He loves you and He wants to have a relationship. So everything He did for salvation, everything He did for redemption is because He loves you. Little bitty you! He loves you. He wants you. He wants to have a relationship with you. So salvation is our only hope. It is our only hope to be made right with this amazing, spectacular, big God who wants a relationship with you. That's our foundation. Now, what happens at salvation? A churchy word is called conversion. When I get saved... At that one single point in time, we would say that's, that's the point of conversion. And there's so many things that happen at that point in time. But basically, to sum it up, you're saved. You're, you are redeemed. You are um, made right with God. And there's a couple things. You're like, well, what does it take to get saved? Well, Scripture describes two things. It says faith, you got to believe, and you also need to repent. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, it's a little bit confusing because it didn't say repent there, right? It just said believe. So some people are like, all you got to do is believe. But if you look at all of Scripture, there's plenty of other verses where they they just say repent. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus' very first sermon. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He didn't even say anything about believe. He just said repent. So when you look at all of Scripture together, some say believe, some say uh, repent, and you're like, well, which one is it, Mike? I got a coin here. This coin, in any one transaction, has two sides of it. It has a heads, and it has a tail. When I make a transaction with this coin, what? Two of them go together. You cannot separate them both. Faith and repentance, is it, this two sides of the same coin, Happening in the same transaction, you can't take both away. Acts chapter 20, if you're taking notes, actually has the two of them together. One of the few verses where it actually has both of them together. This is Paul speaking, and he says, I've had one message for the Jews and Greeks alike. That's, I've had one message that I preach. This is the message we preach at uh, Freedom Church. The necessity of repenting from sin, turning to God, and having faith in our Lord Jesus. Two sides to the same coin. So, here's how this happens. We would say, in our lives, we are walking our own direction, headed towards death and destruction. We would call that sin. We're walking away from God. At the point of conversion, we're like, boom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This isn't just a, a head knowledge thing. Even the demons believe, it says in James chapter 2, and they ain't celebrating in heaven today. All right? It's not just the head knowledge thing. It's like a personal trust. I'm going to put my faith and trust in this guy. At the same time, I'm putting my faith and trust in this guy. I'm turning. That's what repent means. I have faith in Jesus. I'm turning from my sin. So at the same time, I'm turning and repenting. I'm putting my faith. It's all part of the same deal. And now I'm walking this way with Jesus. Now the question is, can I ever turn back? Like, because I struggle today with sin. Does that mean I've lost my salvation? Does that mean this conversion thing? Like, can I lose my salvation once I've been saved? It's a good question. I'm going to say, no, you can't. And there's three reasons why I want to show you today. And if you're taking notes, these are good ones to keep with you um, just for confidence and clarity. The first one is... All three members of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they all have a hand in your salvation. John chapter 10, Jesus is talking. He's given an analogy of him being a shepherd and we're the sheep. And he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So God's alive. He's speaking today. He has a message for you today that he wants to speak to your soul today. They know His voice, they listen to it, and they follow, they take their next steps. I give, I give them eternal life. Who gives them eternal life? Jesus does, God does. We don't don't earn it, He's saying, I give it. And they will, say this word with me, never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Is that clear or is that fuzzy? That's pretty, pretty absolute. No one means no one, not even yourself. Never means never. And if that wasn't enough, here comes daddy. For my father has given them to me. And he is more powerful than anyone else. Say this with me. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. And the father and I are one. That statement right there got him killed. That's the one that the Jews were like, okay, we're already having issues with you, and then you just said you're God. That, that one got him crucified. You're in Jesus' hands. You're in the Father's hands. They got a close grip. No one can snatch them. Now, there's also the Holy Spirit. He comes into play in Ephesians chapter 1. It says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal... This seal is the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all wrapped in in your salvation saying, ain't no one taking this from you. Ain't no one snatching this from you. I got this. Who's going to break that seal of God? You? You? If that weren't enough, there's still more. Second thing, you would have to take everywhere it says eternal life. Whoever believes in them shall not perish, but have eternal life. Everywhere it says eternal, strike it and put temporary. If you could lose your salvation, it's not eternal. It would be like, well, I had it for a moment, it was temporary, and then I lost it. Strike out eternal. It would be you have temporary life. You have it until you lose it. When you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa my, my. Maybe he's talking about like some future time. Like you'll have eternal life in the future after you die, not right now. You could like It could go back and forth either way right now. John chapter 1. First John chapter 5, I mean, says, I've written this to you. He's written this whole letter to you who believe in the name of the son of god so that you may know you have it you have eternal life it is in your possession so you would have, if if to, if you believe that you can lose it just strike out eternal put in temporary that's going to cause some confusion and some doubt but everywhere you see in scripture it's like, no, this thing is eternal, everlasting, not going anywhere. It's there. And the third thing is, if you could lose it, if you can lose it, that would imply that you did something to earn it in the first place. And that couldn't be any more contradictory to what Scripture says in the first place. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, God, God saved you. God saved you by His grace when you believed. When you believed, that was God's work within you, bringing you to that point. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift. You receive it. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. There's one more piece of scripture I want to look at because for those who say, "Hey, I do believe that you can lose your salvation." There's one verse and I'll admit on the surface looks like you could lose your salvation. It's in Hebrews chapter 6. It says this. It says, "For it's impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened." So it's like, "Oh, man, they were enlightened." And, and, and you can't bring them back. Those who have experienced the good things of heaven, shared in the Holy Spirit, that all sounds pretty good. Who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come. They've tasted His goodness and His power. And then who, turn, who then turn away from God. It's impossible to bring back those people to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. It's very confusing. You'll find lots of different interpretations of this passage, one of them being that it seemed like you could lose your salvation and that it would be impossible to bring them back to repentance. Now, let me just tell you, for my experience of anyone who says you can lose your salvation, if you could lose it, they also preach and teach that you can gain it back again. And they'll point point back to the scripture. But this scripture would actually say, if you could lose it, it is impossible to get it back. If you look, this is why it's so important to not just cherry pick a verse. If you look at the scriptures surrounding it, the, the pronouns being used are we and I, we and I, we and I. All of a sudden it switches to those which seems to indicate here, just for this little nugget of Scripture, that he's posing a hypothetical. That this is a hypothetical situation. If you look at verse 9, he even says, hey, even though I'm talking in this way, you don't have to worry about it. As if he's to say, I'm posing a hypothetical here. And here's the hypothetical. If you could just lose your salvation and somehow bring it back, that would mean Christ's death and resurrection in the first place wasn't enough. And that's impossible. Because what he did, when you look at all of Scripture, was sufficient. It was enough. To to, to do such things or believe such things would put, put him to shame again. He died once and for all sin. So he's saying, in in this scenario, okay, sure, you can dream it up, but that's impossible, given what we know about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It would try to put him to shame. No way, not my Savior. And if that wasn't enough, same chapter, a few verses down, watch the clarity he gives. Everything in context here. Everything in context here. Watches how he wraps out this conversation. He says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure. How sure? Perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. When God makes a promise you can be sure he's going to be faithful to it. He ain't changing his mind. So God's given both his promise and his oath. These two things are what? Unchangeable. Because it's impossible. You want to know what's impossible? For God to lie, he ain't going back on his promise. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence Should we doubt? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Is God going to save me? Great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is strong, not weak. It's trustworthy anchor for our souls. Anybody that wants to say amen and hallelujah, praise Jesus, you don't have to worry, he's saying. It's taken care of. It is a strong Anchor. Clarity is what Jesus wants. Satan wants you doubting and confused. Jesus, he said, hey, the thief, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life, abundant life, Zoe life. That's the word abundant in Greek. That means you have it now. Not some future thing that he wants you to have this eternal life now. And the devil knows. The devil knows. If he can't get you to lose it, and he knows he can't, then he'll try to get you to confuse it. Okay. I'm walking this way. Ah. We talked about anger last week. And I wanted to respond so well, but I blew it. I was looking at porn last night, the night before. Matter of fact, all week long, past three months. I can't get rid of it. I got this addiction. I'm struggling. Can I, can I be a Christian and really struggle with the same sin over and over? Is this the abundant life that God has for me? And then you got Satan, the thief, just whispering in your ear. Huh. You think you're going to walk with God? You think He wants a relationship with you? He knows what you've done. He saw what you said. You've already blown it. There's no hope for you. You're a failure. You're a mistake. You're an accident. He starts whispering lies and lies and lies. Because if he can't get you to lose it, he wants you dead in your tracks, paralyzed, afraid, uncertain, wondering can I even take a next step? Let me tell you, last time I checked, Three steps forward, two steps back is still one step forward. And anytime you got the devil lying in your ear and whispering something, remind him to read Romans chapter 8. Hey, hey, read Romans chapter 8 this week. Devil, read Romans chapter 8 this week. Romans chapter 8, verse verse 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't have to worry. Hey, devil, read Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I've read it. God had made a promise. He ain't going back on that promise. I'm good. Yeah, I failed. Yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah, I sinned. But guess what? I ain't going back there no more. And if I struggle again tomorrow, I'm not taking his grace cheaply. I'm just going to keep taking next steps. I'm not living in condemnation. I'm living in hope. I'm living in salvation. Abundant. Zoe. Life devil. And he doesn't stop there. Read Romans chapter 8 because he says, hey, you're adopted into the family. You may have never felt wanted in your whole life. And God says, I want you. You can cry out to him, Abba, Father, because you are his son. You are his daughter. Devil, read Romans chapter 8 because I'm his son. I'm his daughter. And he doesn't stop there because he says in verse 28, I'll take all things, not just anything. I'll take everything you've ever done Every mistake you've ever made, every failure, everything. I'll take all things and I'll work it for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus, who are called according to his purpose. Devil, I'm in Jesus. My salvation and hope is in him. He'll take that mistake. The thing you're trying to shame me with, that pain in my life is going to be my purpose and my platform. You can't take it. Read Romans chapter 8, devil. Read Romans chapter 8 this week and oh, he, he closes it out. (laughs) Who, who can separate me from this love of God? Not death, not life, not angels, nor demons, not any creation above or anything on the earth below, not my fears about today or my worries about tomorrow. No, nothing! I told you I was going to (laughs) shout. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. If He can't get you to lose it, He sure wants you to confuse it. You don't have to give Him a foothold. Listen, can I lose my salvation? If your salvation is in anything other than Jesus then yeah, you lose it. You can't even hold up to your own standards. But Scripture over and over and overwhelmingly says it's in nothing else but Jesus. And that is our only hope. I don't know what is going to happen when I die and I get to heaven. So this is a hypothetical But if I'm standing there and God's like, hey, why should I let you in, Mike? I'm going to point. I'm going to point to Jesus, not to me. I'm going to point to Jesus and say, I'm banking on him. There's no reason why you should let me in other than I put everything I had, all my faith, all my trust, as best as I knew how, on him. What is salvation? What is salvation? It's two things. It's nothing, and at the same time, it's everything. Because He paid the price. It is a gift. You don't have to do anything to earn it. He said, I did all the work for you. It cost you nothing. But it cost you everything. When you turn, I give up my life, everything, and I'm putting everything on him. I'm going to live for him. And that's where we sit today. The question I would ask you, not, can you lose your salvation? Were you ever truly saved?" is a better question. How do I know? How do I know if I was saved? My sheep? hear my voice, and they follow me. Are you hearing God speak in your life? Are you hearing his voice? Some of you, you've heard that voice, and he's speaking to you today, and it's been a while, he's saying, hey, I love you. Let's start taking some next steps together. I don't want to give you a false sense of assurance that going to church is a good thing, but it doesn't save you. Reading your Bible is a good thing. It doesn't save you. I, I'm going to give everyone a point at the, at the end here. Matt's going to come up here in a second and, and start playing, and I'm going to give an invitation where you can pray your heart out to receive salvation from God, but the prayer doesn't save you. It's you, you just saying, hey, I'm going I'm to make this decision in my heart and my soul. Prayer doesn't save you walking down an aisle. You may have walked down an aisle when you were a little kid. That doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. He brings you to that point and you say, yes, I'm going to give him everything. How do I do it? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord believe in your heart not just your head your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. for it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and openly declaring your faith that you're saved that's why we're gonna have this time in a moment say hey yes this is the moment this is the time some of you you're hearing God's voice for the first time or maybe you've heard it before but you've like "Mm, you've been resistant He's speaking to you today, saying, I love you. I want a relationship with you. I'll forgive you of everything. He knows the list of sins. He knows it. That's why he died. In fact, if you'd be open to it, he'd say, I'm going to take that list. If you allow me to work with you and take some next steps, we'll redeem. That's our God. Something wrong. I'll redeem it. I'll make it right. Let's walk together. Let's walk together. Let's stand. Let's stand together. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this, one is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click Give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the Subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.